And welcome to episode one of Must Stash, the drinking podcast. My name is Andrew Erickson. I'm joined here by Quinn Glasgow. Glasgow. I did it again. We've been talking about this all day. Quinn, how are you doing today? You still got it wrong. It's Glasgow. <laughs> oh, Glasgow. Nope. Glasgow. Glass Glasgow. and go. Like, like the city in Scotland. No, I couldn't say that either. I couldn't say that either. There's a there's a city in Montana too. There's actually a couple of Glasgow's in the U.S. Yeah, we won't get into it. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. This is episode one of our our drinking podcast. Um, we met each other in college. That's how we know each other. Uh, we've been friends five or so years now since I um, I met you, Quinn. You were there before I was, but. Uh, we just, you know, I had the idea popped up, you know, what if we did a drinking podcast and Quinn was a lot more into it at first than I was after the idea. I kind of was like, yeah, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And Quinn was like, no, are you calling me an alcoholic now? We're, we're running with this. I wouldn't say that you're an alcoholic, but I would say that you have an affinity for some of the finer tastes in alcohol. Uh, Fair enough. I'll grant you that. And you're definitely going to be our resident alcohol, um, a connoisseur, I should say. Yeah. And I'll follow along. I'll follow along with the trashy college vibe that we definitely need on this side of the podcast. Fair enough. And I, I will be the respectable side of the podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll cheers <laughs> you to that. <laughs> well, our first episode is all about the quarantini, the Franken cocket, the Franken cocktail is all about um, all about what you have in your house. You know, what what are we what are we doing here, Quinn? I mean, we're starting out with what we made. We both made a Franken cocktail to yeah, we did to start this episode. And you know, I'll defer to you first because I don't think you want to hear what's in front of me in my glass. Uh, so what I made, uh, I'm calling the uh, the Tango Maureen. It's Tang and Tangeray with some lemon juice. Uh, rosemary and then water, of course, to you know mix the tang. Um, it, it's actually pretty good. I rimmed the glass with tang as well. Um, okay, wait, hold on. I have a question first. Yeah. Number one, if you taste any of that tang on the rim, that's gonna be ju- that's just gonna send a jolt into your system. And number two, did you put the water in last? Did you just put tang powder into the alcohol? No, uh, I actually okay. used a shaker. Um, so I actually have a little bit more of it sitting right next to me if I want to refill. Um, I used a shaker and just put it into a glass that I, I rimmed with some tang. And that actually has a really nice sour, which is going to help fight the like sweetness of the tang when you're actually drinking it. Um, All right. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a go. We're going to – do you want to try yours first right here and see how, see how, it, see how yeah. it goes? Um, so I can say for sure the next time I make it, I need to increase my level of, uh, tang just a little bit. It's a little heavy on the gin side. Um, but honestly, as we've been sitting here kind of getting ready to go, my ice has melted down and it's helped balance the flavor. I'm getting a lot more of the rosemary coming through. Um, yeah, I honestly, this is a drink I'd make again. First time I've had tang since I was a kid. I only had it in the apartment because my old roommate left it here and it's been staring at me and I just haven't thrown it out because I don't want to waste it. I don't think you can waste Tang. It deserves to be in the garbage. It's it, I, 
oh god i cannot believe that you made a drink with tang you know yeah oh god i've i've people i know have drank that in front of me and i'm like that just looks so bad and it this does not have an amazing taste no it, it doesn't have the best taste but that's why i mixed in some lemon juice um the rosemary and the, the gin of course so you can tell by uh, Quinn's rosemary choice that uh, he's the connoisseur, where I just went, ran upstairs and found out uh, what I could mix into a glass that wouldn't taste absolutely awful. And then um, I'm home living with my mom right now, and I made her try it, but I didn't look at her or listen when she tried it. So after the show, I will find out how she thought about it. But what I made was uh, um, in the back of the fridge. We had a glass bottle of some cider I bought last year. Um, it's the Wolfer number 139 dry white cider. I'm a big dry cider fan. It's uh, 6.9 alcohol by volume. Uh, I think it's kind of a European. It's from Wolfer Estate. So I think it's kind of a European type cider. Um, a little bit drier. I didn't love the taste alone. So what I, I just before mixed ciders with different kind of liquors to see what they'll do um, if I don't like the taste. Usually, I just end up making a disgusting concoction in a glass, and then I just dump it out because I don't like it. Um, or I make one of my friends suffer through that drink. Or L- Like a, a good friend would. Um, it, exactly, yeah. They, they would take the free drink. I'm very glad we're not that good of friends uh, <laughs> because you haven't handed me a... Um, I don't even know the right word for it. Just, just clusterfuck. Yeah, clusterfuck of alcohol into a glass. That's exactly what it would be. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and then so so that was that was that was the start. And then I started looking around, and I was like, "What else do I have in here?" So we had a bunch of mini bottles, and I'm sifting through them, and I'm like, "Well, apple juice and whiskey go together. So what's in here?" And there's a, a mini bottle of Jack Fire. So I look at that for a minute. Is that a cinnamon a Jack? Uh, yeah, it's a cinnamon jack. Okay. So it's kind of like fireball, but not uh, trash. I, I also mean, I had fireball. That cinnamon and apple, classic yeah. pairing. And... Yep. So I, 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 I took the fireball out too, because I honestly was like, what if it needs more liquor? And then I mixed the cider and the, um, the jack in a glass for the cinnamon apple kind of taste. And I smelt it, and I wasn't a fan, so I put in more cider. And then I smelt it again, and I was like, okay, this is okay. I could just leave it at this. I could. But I wanted to hurt myself. So I took it another step farther, and I grabbed some cherry McGillicuddy's from the fridge and topped that off. And it's a... um, This this is where you're starting to lose me. (laughs) I just... It's a... uh, It's a dumpster fire of cinnamon apple and cherry and that's what i'm going to call it the dumpster fire of cinnamon apple and cherry it's not a flowing name and i have not tried it where you got to try your drink before i literally just ran upstairs and made this um i mixed it and i stirred it excuse me instead of mixing it in a in a shaker or anything um and then i just topped some ice in here and doesn't smell as bad as i wanted it as i thought it would um, as bad as you wanted it to smell yeah and i I think just just checking I think that's going to be a common theme with my drinks is I'm expecting me to need a spit bucket, which I, I didn't bring this time. Um, to, to our listeners, that's not a normal thing. That's uh, 
don't make yeah, them no. with a spit bucket in mind. Uh, you, you've done this entirely wrong. <laughs> I, 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 my goal is to make something so wrong that it tastes good for no reason just to mess with you and your flavor palette. Oh, because... I have a story for you about that, which we'll, we'll get into uh, later. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to try it right now, and let's see how it goes. Okay. It's a little watered down, but actually, not bad. My only concern would just be that cinnamon and cherry, but they are mixing together into one flavor that I cannot describe. Okay, um, it, and, and I can't tell. I cannot tell if the cherry is completely overtaking the cinnamon, and I can no longer taste that cinnamon base. But they're definitely working together. The cherry McGillicuddy's has a really, you know, it's a unique kind of flavor where it's very sweet because I wanted to up the sweetness of this drink. One could almost say like sugary cough syrup. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, very good on its own if you're already a little drunk. Um, or I'm okay then. Or have a very sweet flavor palette, which neither of us do. No. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'd make this again. I would not use the Cherry McGillicuddy's again. I will try this again with this dry cider and fireball and see how that works. And maybe some actual cinnamon I would put in there. How about that? You think that would work? Yeah, a little bit of cinnamon on top. Be aware that cinnamon won't mix in uh, to the liquid because it's hydrophobic. Will it float? It will float um, on the top. And it'll also kind of ring around the side of your glass some. Interesting. Yeah, the cider on its own has a. I, I have it down here because, so I could have the bottle. Um, it's like a dry tart, kind of cider. It's actually better warm. Uh, this has been sitting out for a little while, and it tastes a lot better than it did before. Um, not one that I would drink for an entire meal. Um, I'm a big fan of dry, flowery. Um type ciders and type drinks like uh floral tasting there's a hibiscus cider that's from a local brewery i completely I agree um if a, i like a dry cider and once you get a drier drink you get to play around a lot with aromatics and that that's a whole new world it is it is and uh, this isn't this isn't too bad i i think i'd make this again um if i were in a quarantine situation you know what i mean yeah, you know, it, I know what you mean. That's probably when I would make the uh, Tango Maureen again, or the Tang and Tangeray. Would you, so that you wouldn't go to a, an event and make that? Or are you, or say a party, we're, we're a little bit too old for parties now, but say a party, you wouldn't bring that with you? No. If, you know, I was hosting a large party and I needed to make a big batch of something, this would be an easy one to do that tastes pretty good. And I could put this inside a carved out watermelon or something else to make just a, a hard liquor keg for the day. A hard liquor keg. What was the base again? It was gin, correct? Yep. Yeah, it was a uh, tangerine gin. 
Interesting. Interesting. You know, I wasn't expecting the gin to mix with the um, tang as well as you said it did. So I will be interested to try that at some point. Um, I was not a huge tang fan when I was a kid, like I said. But it would be interesting to see how um, those two flavors kind of flirt together. You know, you added the rosemary and such, which I would probably enjoy because I like, like I said, I like that floral kind of botanicals flavor is the word I'm looking for. Um, but it'll be interesting. Uh, what, what do we have next here on the agenda, Quinn? Uh, so next on the agenda, we have the actual Quarantini, um, where this episode gets its name from. Uh, the, the traditional Quarantini was, of course, made earlier this year uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown for the first wave. It consists of your choice of either vodka or gin which is a double shot, a three ounce pour, lemon juice, one shot, 1.5 ounce pour, a honey syrup, which is made by mixing equal parts honey and water, one ounce of each. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite kind of simple syrups to add. Super easy to make at home. Next, you add uh, about a shot of water and then a vitamin C fizz uh, because you, you got to keep your vitamin C levels up while you're quarantine from a pandemic and just getting trashed every day drinking the quarantini right right that's yep definitely great for your immune system um yeah it, it has to be helpful right <laughs> i mean it doesn't have to be but it definitely helps take us through when I, I i have an understanding of how to make uh simple syrups on your own and add flavors to it take us through how you would make a honey syrup uh for yourself note for all the listeners, you do have to have your own bottle for this. Um, typically, it'll be a lock top bottle so that it stays fresh longer. Um, I know that simple syrups uh, with their sugar don't last as long sometimes, but I would assume that a honey one would last a little bit longer because the honey would be more of a preservative for it. So these I actually just make per drink. I start out my drink with a tablespoon of honey, tablespoon of water, stir it. And as I add in more of my ingredients, it's going to have enough liquid in there to dissolve that honey. Interesting. I know that you can make it on your own. Um, maybe we can hit an episode where we talk about a bunch, making a bunch of simple syrups for home. Yeah. Uh, but right. That's a great. That's a great for a one drink thing. I didn't know you could just um, do that, but that makes sense. Just put a, a dab of honey in there to start, and then mix everything in. You can also you do go. the same with agave nectar. It's another sweetener that comes in liquid form. Uh, which we're actually going to talk about agave nectar a little bit later in this episode as well and how it relates to tequila and mezcal. So for your opinion, would you rather have gin or vodka in your quarantini? Gin. Gin for sure. And we're going to find out later, right? Right. Because I like flavor. <laughs> I, I, I don't think alienating part of our listening audience in episode one is a great it's a great stance to take with your vodka with your vodka hatred I, I, because... it's not a hatred so much as it is a understanding of vodka's place in the bar it's it's great because when it's really good it's pretty much flavorless so you can use it wherever you want I mean you're right. I mean, you can mix it with whatever you want. And I have been known to enjoy a night of uh, vodka crayons because they're on sale. And uh, that night usually doesn't end with me 
um, remembering how I got to bed. So we don't do that very often. Those but... nights for me generally end with me going next door where they have whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the whiskey's on the table for $2 as well, we're going to drink the whiskey, but... Sometimes you got a ball on a budget. I mean, there's no other, there's no other options sometimes. I mean, there is, but you know, you don't have a, don't have very many when you're going to the bars that are in the town that we're in. Right. I mean, when you're looking for utilitarian drink, vodka is definitely the way to go, but I, I tend to avoid it. And we'll get back to that. Moving on to the Franken cocktail philosophy, Quinn, take us through you know, what you think when you're making this quarantini, this Franken cocktail, you know, looking at what you have and, and figuring out, you know, you know, maybe you're not supposed to be looking at just the vodka or just, I mean, not just, just the alcohol, excuse me. Maybe you should expand your horizons to, you know, that spice cabinet, you know, this other stuff in your fridge, you know, there's other things you were, you were talking about a coffee and milk thing going on that you might, you thought you might do, you know, take us through this philosophy you've got so when you're making a Franken cocktail, there's just a couple of like tendency you have to follow. Uh, you don't have to so much as they're good guidelines and they're going to make sure that you develop a drink and also learn while you're doing it. So the first thing is use what you have. If you're making a Franken cocktail, you're not going out to the store to buy an ingredient because if you were doing that, you would make an actual cocktail. Uh, draw from drinks and flavors you know. So this drink I have in front of me, I knew that gin and orange juice are good mixed together. So gin and kind of a lemonade powder. Sure, that'll work. I've made drinks out of lemonade powders before when I was in college to make a makeshift whiskey sour. So it, it's drawing upon principles you already know and are starting to understand. A, another great idea is to taste your ingredients individually before I decide to rim my glass um, with the tang tonight. I tasted a little bit on my fingertip and went, hmm, okay, that's pretty strong. It's pungent. And so I know that if I rim my glass, I'm just going to want to drink a little bit of it at a time. And it's going to help to kind of change the flavor as I drink. I can move to a different spot if I want a little bit more of a punch in this or I want it to be smoother. Um, and that being said, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to try and search for a balance of the things you're putting in there. So note that in yours, you had this sweet, um, I guess not sweet, you used a dry cider. Uh, mm -hmm. But you, you kind of fused the cherry and the cinnamon and tried to find a balance there with those, including your, you know, when you taste tested it, you added a little bit more cider because the flavor wasn't quite right. And you just needed to balance and find the right footing for your taste buds. Well... There's a burn in the back of my throat, so I don't think I added enough cider because that cinnamon's really hidden. So, <laughs> well, I mean, good, good lesson for next time, I guess. I mean, <laughs> maybe no, maybe maybe more cider next time and less whiskey. <laughs> right? Yeah. Normally, when I've seen ciders mixed with whiskeys, it's a eight ounce pour of cider with a one point five or a one shot of whiskey or cinnamon whiskey ah well i think we were like two to one for the cider this time oh okay um, so you're, so you're definitely uh, giving it a whiskey forward taste oh yeah which which is what i wanted because i like i said i was not a fan of this cider when i tried it last time so i was like a little hesitant to keep adding it 
Um, I probably should have just, well, let's try some more right now. Let's put it right in here. Go on. That actually is perfect for the next tip I have is to take risks. It's the only way you're going to learn anything. Uh, you can listen to us talk about things, but the best way you're going to really find out if something tastes good is to taste it. I know that personally from my professional experience. I had used to be a chef. I was fairly um, self-taught or learned on the job uh, through an apprenticeship and just working under other skilled chefs. And that taught me to, you know, also embrace my mistakes when I'm taking these risks. The worst thing that happens is you pour it down the sink. And even then, most of the time, it's going to be something where you can drink, if only a little bit begrudgingly, but give it a few sips. Flavors will change and become more complex as you drink things. And often the first taste you're going to get is not going to be like the true flavor of the drink you're having. And then be open-minded and try and think outside of the box. Check out your spice cabinet. Uh, there's a lot of times where a little bit of cinnamon, clove, maybe even Chinese five spice could go a long ways in just opening up this whole new world with depth of flavor. So you don't just have that kind of flat sweet with alcohol, but you also have this kind of background flavor that's pulling it all together and making your taste buds search for more in it, which is going to keep you interested in the drink as you drink it. It's not going to be one, two chug. Yes, Quinn. And you know, you talk about like what I just did. I just added cider to my drink. Um, it made it a little bit drier, brought that cider flavor through that I didn't like as much. So, you know, I'm going to keep drinking this though. I'm not going to drink it to dump it down the drain. Like you mentioned, um, I'm going to try to finish this drink. You know, uh, you can't be a quitter here on this show. Um, so if we make a bad drink, I mean, Quinn, I'm going to try to finish all my bad ones unless it makes me vomit. And, and I assume you're never going to make a bad drink because you're a professional. So uh, blatant lie. <laughs> I will make a lot of drinks where I go, this was a mistake. And, and then I, we, I will suffer through and learn my lesson. Yeah. And then the rest of the shaker needs to be given to your roommate and he needs to finish it because there's no, there's, it needs to be finished and he right. needs spread, to suffer. Spread the pain. Spread the pain. Exactly. Okay. I agree. As long as we're this all on the same. Terrible point. philosophy. As this long is as not, this is not a recommendation. That is a recommendation for me. If you make a bad drink, stamped and approved by Andrew, if you make a bad drink, you try it and you go, this is terrible. You hand it to your friend and you go, drink this. I stand by that opinion. I, I stand by that. You you spread that. There's no other way around it. You have to. You have to the it. only oh. way I will agree with that is if it's specifically to get their opinion. You know, the here, take a sip. What could I do better next time? No, no, even uh, if now, in this time, this is not a good time to be handing out your drink and having people take sips. So maybe this is a while in the future we can go back to, to that. I just feel like it's important to, to make sure we're iterating and be safe. Well, unless and, you're, I mean, unless you're already making out with that person. So significant other, they can try. They're, they're fair game. Because if your tongue's already in their mouth, I mean, there's, that drink's not going to change anything. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> And, you know, you might be pretty close with your friends like that, too. So I'm just saying I stand by if your tongue has been in their mouth in the last week, they can drink whatever you're drinking. Yep. For those of you who are in polyamorous relationships, 
please follow this advice, I guess. <laughs> Invite everyone over, make a bunch of drinks, and make everyone try. It'd be a lot of fun. Make it like a bar crawl. It'll be so much fun. Okay, anyways. So, you know, it's important. So I sh I stirred my drink is what is is what I was getting at. So I stirred my drink, and then I poured cider on top of it, you know, to add a little more. And the second sip of it was a different kind of flavor thing. Quinn was talking about that, how it might change a little bit as you give it a couple sips. So, you know, take a couple sips, take, go through, kind of work your way through, see how you feel about the drink. And, uh, you know, that's, um, it might not work for you and that's okay. But like I said, you know, force other people to drink it anyways. So what I'm saying is that it's always good to shake a drink. I think that everyone, sh everyone who's drinking and making mixed drinks should own a shaker. And I have one. Quinn obviously has one. He used it. I didn't use mine today. I stirred mine and the drink had different flavors coming through. So if you shake a drink, it's going to, it's going to have a more even flavor palette through the entire glass instead of changing a little bit. I did a search, you know, buying an Amazon sh uh, shaker is not that expensive. They're 13 bucks for a cheap one. You can get a whole set for 45. That's not that bad. And if you're really in a pinch and uh, you know, you're one of those college students, Heck, use your blender bottle. Just pour everything in there, mix her up. That works just the same. Exactly. Then, That's what I was actually about to say is <laughs> just use your blender bottle. I was in the kitchen today making this drink, and the first thing I reached for to shake it was a blender bottle. <laughs> and then I remembered I have two shakers. And, you know – that's trashy, but I don't care because it, you, if you're trying to make a drink and it's right there with the blender bottle, hell, make it. And then tomorrow, maybe you'll get some tequila taste coming through on your smoothie after your, during your workout. It's right. A win -win that's what situation. everyone wants is a <laughs> protein tequila. Hey, oh. you, when, now that you said it, it might be an episode. I might make you drink that. <laughs> And that, everyone, is the last episode of. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I digress. Invest in a blender bottle. Invest in in a shaker. Something you can mix your drink up because when you stir it, it's not an even. It's not always even. And if you want to add something to it, you can add it to the shaker, and then correct the rest of the drink instead of you know making your friends suffer through it or suffering through it yourself. You know you can make these these changes. And, you know, if you're drinking the whole shaker, you can just pour your damn drink right back in the shaker and be like, oh, that was a mistake. Pour it in. Try some new stuff. Pour it back in your glass. Try something else. That said, if you don't have a shaker and you want to stir it to mix it, just mix it in a larger glass than what you're going to pour it into. It's going to allow you to swirl it a whole lot harder and uh, get everything mixed together. You're also, fun fact, going to get a little bit stronger of a drink if you stir it as opposed to shaking it. Uh, so controversial take, James Bond had his cocktails shaken because he didn't want to get drunk on the job. <laughs> Are you saying that because they're putting ice? What about a dry shake? A dry shake is generally going to be used to like froth up an egg or something else. And then you're going to add in ice afterwards to cool the drink. The whole purpose of shaking is to mix and cool. Okay. So we're all we're usually shaking with ice, and uh, you know I wish we had the budget to buy ice makers that made giant blocks of square ice that we could chip into our glasses because that would be awesome. We, we do just not. need to wait until the winter. We live in Minnesota, <laughs> aka almost Arctic. Basically Arctic. Basically, 
basically the, Arctic. The like nice tropical Arctic. Oh, exactly. I, I, I think that's a tropical Arctic. Jeez. At least we don't have polar bears. I mean, I'd love to have some penguins, but we don't have any of those either. It's true. Just just the wolves and bears. Oh, just the ones that kill us. So keep it simple, <laughs> Quinn. I mean, I, I don't like that philosophy. I, I'm, I'm going to throw some things together. I have no idea what I'm doing. And like I said, I'm going to make other people try it and suffer, make them suffer too. Right. I can understand that. What I mean by uh, keep it simple is when you're taking your risks, take a risk at a time. You want to find where your mistake was so that you can correct it. So, for example, in what I just made today, the risk I took was tang. So I, I knew every other ingredient that I was putting together went together. And the tang I looked at and I said, you're interesting. I wonder how this will taste. And, you know, actually, as I'm drinking it, as the ice melts a little bit more and uh, starts to water down the just jet fuelness of it, it's getting pretty good. So the tang needed to be mixed in a little more, you're saying? Yeah, it needed a little bit more water to it. Um, ah. Maybe a little bit more tang next time. I would never enjoy more tang. So, you know, moving on to um, moving on to our pairing guide, Quinn. This is this is your. You, I, I tried to distract you. I tried to take you away from this as much as I could, but you really were dead set on making the pairing guide for this show. So let's roll through it. We're going to go piece by piece. Um, we're only doing the main liquors, no liqueurs, um, no anything like that. So if you have any questions, um, definitely, you know, leave a comment below or uh, message us at our email, which we will have posted everywhere. We'll be on Instagram. We'll be on Twitter. Um, so definitely get a hold of us if you're interested in what mixes with what. But let's start out with number one here rum and you've got average at 80 proof which is which is pretty pretty average for your rum uh average rums at the liquor store right and this isn't going to take into account your separate kinds of rums your white rums your spiced rums your black rums so on and so forth instead it's just going to be an overall guide to rums so there are certain things in here that will differ and this goes with everything else as well but so rums are generally a sweeter drink al like alcohol wise for a higher proof alcohol it has a certain sweetness to it so that's going to go really well with fruits citruses sours you can mix it with dairies i actually one of my old roommates did this it was his preferred mix with eggnog <laughs> but anytime isn't eggnog have isn't eggnog the no it's whiskey and eggnog right that's the normal one I believe so. I honestly don't like eggnog. I'm, I'm not a big cider eggnog. person. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I like my cider and whiskey or tequila or brandy for the holiday season instead of eggnogs because I don't know why you would want to drink that. And sorry for those of you who love eggnog. My fiance is one of you. I just don't understand it. So one episode when we do holiday holiday drinks, I'm forcing you and I know the old roommate you're talking about. I'm bringing him on. And you and him are going to sample eggnogs. That's 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 for our Festivus special. That's going to be the Festivus episode. Is you is me forcing you to drink a bunch of eggnog. And when it gets to the airing of grievances, we'll have <laughs> words. <laughs> but as I was saying, anytime you're dealing with dairy, there's a slogan I keep in my head: "Dairy be wary." 
Biggest concern you have anytime you include dairy, you don't want it to curdle. No one wants to drink cheese. Well, at least I am I from Wisconsin. I am from Wisconsin, so I'm I'm not going to take it off the table. I'm not going to say I enjoy it, but I'm not going to take it off the table. Then I have a recommendation for you, a drink to try. It's called the Cement Mixer. Uh, take not, a, a I, shot I, I, of some cream-based alcohol <laughs> and I, lemon I juice on top. Swish it around, and we'll, we'll see how you like cheese. For our I, listeners, <laughs> don't ever do this. If you do this no, to one uh-huh. of your friends... You're do a terrible this to your person. Friends. Do this don't, to your don't. friends. I was the friend who had this done to them, and <laughs> I can you tell do? you, no, I didn't. I oh, did God. decide to steal a bottle of whiskey from the person who did it to me. Uh, it was my <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniel's Devil's Cut for the rest of the night, and he understood. We we came to an agreement fairly early on because I, I definitely came into that cabin going, "Oh, my friend just made me a drink. This is this is love." This is just kindness. He can tell it was a long car ride. And no, no, it was just, just assholery. And I should have known better, but I didn't. So that whiskey was mine. But moving on back to mixing a rum, other things that you're going to find work well with it are bitters and spices like coffee, ginger, clove, cayenne, uh, even Chinese five spice could work in certain drinks, though you're going to have to be a whole lot more sparing with that. It's going to bring some interesting flavors into the mix that are really going to you know, reframe the way you're thinking about the drink you're having. Will you explain to us where we can get Chinese five spice? Is this a normal spice you can get at the grocery store? Yes. Okay. You can find this at any grocery store. Uh, another thing you can mix into it are herbs, so your mint, and then rosemary is thrown into drinks anytime it's sweet and with citrus. So that's why tonight with my Tang and Tangere, the Tango Maureen, there's rosemary and Tang, which is a sweet citrus. So moving on, we have tequilas and mezcals. And I'm aware these are separate things. I tend to think of Mezcal as Tequila's grown-up and more mature older sibling. Which, these are going to go well with citruses, sours, heats especially. My sister's favorite drink is Mezcal or tequila with some honey and some cayenne and some water. These are also going to go well in fruity drinks. They can be mixed well with a coffee, but this is going to be somewhere where you need to find your balance for how strong you like your coffee and then the right level of tequila flavor for you. You're going to want some kind of a sweetener in there, which an agave nectar is going to be amazing with it. Since these alcohols are made from agave, you're going to essentially bring in another characteristic of the alcohol that was taken out of it, that sugar, that uh, sweet flavor of the agave plant is what was converted to alcohol. You're going to be able to reintroduce that and kind of change the flavor of the drink and make it honestly just really delicious. Are you calling? So you just want to put it right back in that, that agave right back into the tequila, essentially pretty much. Yeah. You're going to mix it in just like any other sweetener or simple syrup. You can mix it in with water to, Drop the sweetness if you need a little bit. 
or you can just throw in like a quarter shot of it um, or a half shot. Also, there's club sodas and seltzers that mix in just fine with it. I've heard tequila and tonic is a drink. I haven't personally tried it. I love tonics. I really like tequila. So I'm interested. And then the last thing, a challenge I have for the viewers. A while back, I had a mezcal that was actually made with chicken. I describe it as kind of Thanksgiving in a glass in flavor because it had this just meaty, like almost pot roastiness to it. Uh, that, that flavor is called umami in Japanese. And so I have a challenge to our listeners to try and make an umami tequila drink. Maybe you're going to use some kombu or katsubushi and, you know, find some savory flavor that's going to go well in it. I don't know if this is possible, so I'll, I'll try this too and likely not enjoy what I make the first time and let you guys know how it turns out. Well, you know, we're definitely gonna have a Thanksgiving episode, so I I don't see a reason why you wouldn't make that on that episode. I I expect it now, and then I expect to be sent some pot roast as well uh, to match up with that because you know you get the Thanksgiving in a glass and I get the food you make because it's amazing. I don't know how I became your chef, but. Uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll let my family know. <laughs> Wonderful. I like this. I'll like get to this. explain to them why why they need to make Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> Though they tend to make it every year anyways. My my parents are, are great cooks as well. So I like I like this idea all around. I also like brandy. It's a very good drink. Um I don't know why you need to add anything to it sometimes. You could just drink it as it is. I completely agree. When I have brandy in my apartment, I drink brandy on the rocks. It's just delicious. And so this is probably going to be one of the shortest guides I have because there's not much I do. And most of these things are, you know, not necessary, I think, with brandy as much as they are with other alcohols. Cough, vodka, cough. We'll get, we'll get there. We're not there yet. We'll get there. I um, see you put it at the end. So it's, I uh, did. <laughs> I did because it will be the shortest one. I well, we'll see. You know, go on, go, go on. Uh, so, brandy again. This is another one that you can mix into your eggnogs. Um, but dairy, be wary. Citrus goes really well in it. You know, in a lemonade with seltzer or club soda, it accepts fruits, especially cherry, really well, and grapes. Sours are another one, brandy sour, and then tart drinks like a cranberry juice. Though, if you had to twist my arm to get me to pick a brandy drink, it would be a brandy on the rocks with maybe a couple black cherries in the bottom. Isn't that because Manhattan? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're it's not... missing a couple of ingredients, but do you really need them? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it tastes good both ways, but I mean, I've had some pretty good Manhattans. So next up, we have one that I love. 
and I'm going to tell you this should not be used for franken cocktails. Absinthe. This is an amazing liquor. I think it's delicious. I personally love black licorice, so it's strong anise flavor is something that just just captures my heart. Black licorice was the main candy kept around my house growing up, so I I have a, a taste for it. If you are going to drink it because it's all you have, I'm going to tell you the best thing you can do is take some sugar, some water, and some absinthe and mix it together. It's the classic drink you see with absinthe, generally poured over a sugar cube that's then lit on fire because showmanship is wonderful. But no, you, you don't need to do that. You don't need one of those special spoons. If you do want to do it, use a fork. It's going to work just as well. Okay, okay, hold on. So we're never mixing absinthe, obviously, and we'll get into the myth of the uh, hallucinogenic alcohol, hallucinogenic properties of absinthe that don't exist. But if you have a taste for black cherry, that means that means that you're a Jag fan. You you like Jägermeister, and if you deny it to me, you're lying because. You just said you like black cherry. You, you mean black licorice. Yes. Black licorice. And I am a Jägermeister fan, actually. I think it's delicious when used correctly. Is a Jag bomb used correctly? I will admit to enjoying a good Jag bomb. <laughs> Though personally, caffeine doesn't affect me, so I have a much different experience from it. This, this makes me so happy. You just admitted to enjoying a Jag bomb. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Did you think I didn't? It's a trashy drink. That's something that I would like, not you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Just like there's nothing wrong with a rum and coke, a whiskey and coke. I mean, you're, I, I I don't see those as... I mean, like, if you're at a bar and you order a, 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 a Jag bomb, I mean, like, shit's going down. Like, that's not a normal thing to order. That's not like, yeah, I'm gonna have a nice night. It's like, yeah, let's order 17 Jag bombs and black out. I mean, you I obviously, mean, you obviously wouldn't do that, but like I may or may not have gone to a comedy show in December <laughs> and just had a Yag bomb that I kind of sipped on. You sipped a Yag bomb? I love Red Bull. Okay, right. what, don't don't can, don't judge come, me. We can come back to this in a different episode. You sipped on it. All right. Anyways, so moving. I on also to took a Yag bomb after because. <laughs> Second drinks. Slightly buzzed after the entire night. I don't. Anyways, moving on to gin. <laughs> even we'll have to whole, put a whole episode on you sipping a Yag bomb that should have been okay. Anyways, all right. So gins. Uh, these are things where you know bitters are good in them. When you balance it out, you're gonna want some sweetness. Gin itself is already on the bitter side, or on the dry side. So you're going to want some sweetness to balance out dries that are mixed into it. Tonic is a great one. Gin and tonics, a little bit of citrus in there opens it up. Uh, so, so soda water and seltzers, rosemary, thyme, basil, sage, lavender, other aromatics are going to go really well with it because it's already a very aromatic drink. So it's going to help to mix in other aromatic flavors. And then it's also going to go well with... You know, your juices, melon, cucumber is amazing with a gin. It helps to temper it out and can help to remove some of that piney or um, the juniper flavor that can be in many of them. Also, ginger ale or a ginger beer 
And finally, mixing in a little bit of chili pepper. Though be sparing when you're using chilies with gin. Okay. So I'm I'm a big gin fan. I really am. I know you are, obviously. It's more of a classy drink. You know, like a gin and tonic is not something that you see at dive bars and college bars. But it's a good drink to get. And if you find a place where you really like like a good gin bar, if you can find a good gin bar, you are in the clear. I mean, when, when I, I was in England and we had a gin bar right in town and, and it really it was nice because you could get these really good gins. And I know, Quinn, you'll appreciate this. The one I had was a strawberry rhubarb gin. Ooh. And it was just a strawberry rhubarb gin and tonic. And it was unbelievable. And I had one when I was in London as well at uh, Japanese restaurants. And it had abs- abs- real cherry seeds, I think, or some type of seed in it. I can't remember. And you eat the seed along with the drinking it. And it, it works really well with natural flavors. You know, I and and you like you just said, it really comes through with those natural kind of flavor, those botanical kind of flavors. And uh, you know, I'm I, you have to get a little bit of a taste for it. But if it's mixed correctly, gin will go really well and have a really good flavor with a lot of natural things. Right, primarily from people I've found who don't like gin, it's because they've either tried to take shots of gin, never, which never take a shot of gin is a mistake. It, it's only going to be upsetting. And if not that, they've you know had maybe a gin and tonic or something that didn't have any citrus in it or had too much gin, not enough tonic, too much sour, just really a badly made drink. And there's certainly still people out there who just don't like the flavor. But I'm saying the majority of people that I've come across who I've been able to convince to you know try a gin drink have tried it and gone, oh, this is actually not terrible. Which from someone who originally heard the word gin and you saw their mouth start to pucker up and make that, oh, shit face, um, <laughs> was, you know, a, a good review. And uh, one of them, actually, he and I went to a gin distillery in St. Paul last fall. And I was surprised he had like three drinks and said he loved it. This was a guy who I remember going to a martini lounge once once with. He had a gin drink and said never again. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it, it and and I was I was the same. I got a gin and tonic to start. <clears throat> My sister bought it for me, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I like that. And then, you know, you start experimenting on your own with the gin that was around when I was in college because I was, we were given alcohol. Um, and at the house I lived at, they just brought it over in bottles and, uh, you know, so I, I got to try it out, but we'll move on to both of our favorite kind of liquor. Oh, whiskey. Whiskey. The correct choice, the correct choice is whiskey. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> just like we said with Brandy, this is one of those drinks where, you know, Drinking it neat, this might be a good opportunity to just enjoy the liquor you have. But if you are going to mix it, it goes really well with gingers. Depending on the whiskey you have, generally an Irish whiskey is going to go better with a melon than, say, a scotch. It's going to have that smokiness, which is don't mix scotch with melon. Primarily, it's going to be bad. Bitters, these are just a classic additive. 
to any whiskey drink. I tend to add them into most of my drinks just because I like a little bit of bitterness. I think it helps cut sweetness and just, you know, add some more depth, give you some room to walk around in that drink as you're tasting it. Uh, coffee, this is going to be another good one. Just like I said with bitters, you know, the Irish coffee is so popular for a reason. Because it's delicious. Yeah, it is. Again, water. Anytime I'm drinking whiskey neat, I actually do a whiskey in water. I just add a tiny bit of water. It helps to break apart the drink, separate some of the oils, and you get more depth. Uh, and it releases a lot of the fruitiness that's in the whiskey that you might not know is there. Smoke. Um, you can add a liquid smoke into a whiskey drink. At the bar I worked at, we did have a couple of drinks on the menu where we used a little bit of whis uh, liquid smoke in our whiskeys because the peat smoke flavor that you get from a scotch might not be right, and they wanted a hickory one. Uh, there was one drink we had called the Forest Fire that used liquid smoke, which was actually pretty good. I was very skeptical, and... I would be very, very cautious when using liquid smoke in any drink or any food that you're cooking for that matter, because a little bit goes a long ways. And then how do you feel about mixing in different herbs and fruits into your whiskey? Where do you stand on well, that? Well, you know, I've never tried it. Um, you have mint here. And I, I can't imagine that tasting correct. I can't imagine the taste at all. But when I try to, it feels wrong. And I just don't know how whiskey, thinking like of a regular American or Canadian whiskey, not like a Scottish whiskey or a um, Irish whiskey. I just can't imagine it tasting correct. You know, Irish whiskey, I think it would taste, it might blend with that Irish flavor a little bit better. Exactly. But it's actually generally when I would use it would be in an Irish whiskey, like a Jameson in something okay. called an Irish made, which is cucumber and mint and whiskey. Uh, it okay. really tastes like a drink that you should be making with gin, but instead you throw whiskey in it and it's, it's magnificent. It's probably one of my favorite drinks and one of the few whiskey drinks that I might take above a good glass of just scotch. Yeah, that's a that I mean and and that's 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 a lot from you because you're you're a you're a neat all the way kind of guy when it comes to your your peaty scotches. Right. When I'm sitting around at home and drinking a hard liquor, it's probably going to be a whiskey. Good chance it's going to be a scotch. Though, you know, budget-wise, it can't only be scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could, but... <laughs> right, it could. But there's a reason why I nurse my one bottle of Laphroaig per year. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I know. And it tastes damn good, too. All right. In my secret strategy for our fantasy football league, give everyone a, uh, a glass before we draft. <laughs> Say cheers, and everyone's a little bit toasty to start. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> When's the last time you won our league again? Uh, not this last year, but the year before. All right. Well, you, you've got a better track record than me. And I definitely drank that whiskey the last time we were at your apartment. So, yes, but I drink it too every year. So 
It's fair. Yeah, but you're you're more conditioned than the rest of us to drink it. I wouldn't necessarily say that. And that's not me calling you an alcoholic. It's just on the path. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. Cinnamon, cinnamon and berries. How, how are you? You know, those are. We just talked about cinnamon not mixing with the drink. So is that something that you're putting on the rim, or that's something where you're just putting a little dash on top? Okay. Sometimes this will then be done, and then you squirt the oils from a citrus skin, lay it on fire. It's going to toast that cinnamon a little bit and give it the aromatic flavor. Much of the flavor you taste actually comes through your nose. And so adding those aromatic, the flavors that you smell as you're drinking are going to add so much to it. All right. All right. I, I I don't know. I don't think there's anything else on whiskey. We get into the, the the rest of them. The rest of these options seem fun to me. I can't wait to argue with you a little bit down here. Oh, it's yep. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> All right, moving on to vodka, which is the easiest drink to mix with anything. It is the Russian drink of choice. It tastes like rubbing alcohol, and um, overall. It will probably get you the most bang for your buck if you are uh, balling on a budget. Right. I mean, excluding Everclear, it, it's definitely going to be the most bang for your buck alcohol you can some, buy. Some states are not legally allowed to sell Everclear. Well, they can't sell Everclear at the, the same level as Everclear in Wisconsin. Yeah, the uh, almost pure <laughs> ethanol run your car off it. But <laughs> vodka, honestly, it's something that you can mix it with fucking anything, to be honest. If you like the taste of it, you could probably put out put some vodka in it and it will taste fine. Some. Yeah, that's that's the difference. You can overdo on the vodka very easily. Oh right. And there's certainly better vodkas than others. Like like you said, there's there's certain vodkas you don't wish on your worst enemy. Well, I mean, I would wish Taka on my worst enemy. I mean, like Karkov, it's thirteen dollars for a, a shatterproof one seven five. So right, but but you would not wish Karkov on your worst enemy. You think Karkov is worse than Taka? I honestly can't say I've tried Taka. I because I, it just <laughs> seemed like a mistake. It. It is. No, that's that's a fact. It, it is. It's it's the it's the worst thing I've tasted in a while other than maybe Everclear. Everclear was bad. But you know, I... but though there are some very good vodkas. There um, are. There have, have been a couple of vodkas I had that were about uh it was probably $27 for a liter. And it honestly tasted like drinking alcoholic water. <laughs> And that's kind of a terrifying thought that, that you're it's flavorless alcohol. Um, well, a big shout out to a vodka, um, hammer and sickle vodka. We have a, we have a friend um, and he swears by it. He bought a, a seven, five on a trip we took and he drank the whole trip and a whole bought hell seven, five in a weekend. And he was like, I need more of this. He'd never seen it before. And I, I tried it and it, Damn, it's good. But but my point with vodka is that you could take your 
$20 Brita filter and make your bottle of Kharkov filter it six, seven times more, and it's going to taste like good vodka. So if you want to invest in that Brita filter and that Brita bottle and filter all of your vodka, you can get this better vodka for a cheap price with just a little bit of effort. Right. You can certainly filter it more. I've never tried doing that. It works. It does? Okay. It's surprising. I mean, it's super surprising, but it it does make it smoother. I don't know why. Have you tried doing it with uh, coffee filters? That's the main version I've heard doing is put it through like six coffee filters deep a couple of times, and it's supposed to get a whole lot better. Since I don't really drink a whole lot of vodka, the only vodka I have is vodka that's left with me. So generally, it's some kind of fruit-mixed vodka, and I use them exclusively for mimosas. What? Wait, wait. What? Are you putting? Are you substituting it for the champagne, or are you adding on top? I'm sorry. I mean screwdrivers. Oh, my God. I was like, what is going on? Wait, still, what? That's supposed to be regular vodka, you... Right. Orange juice and a fruit? Right. Like, I had a raspberry one, so it was an orange raspberry screwdriver, which was kind of delicious, I will admit. I actually watched that, or drank that one morning while watching a rock film. Was Uh, it Burnett? No, it was... (sighs) I don't even know the brand. I mean, I know it, I just can't think of the name. All right, well... As long as it's not brunettes, that's a good. That's a step in the right direction. We'll move on to Quinn. What are we mixing with wine? Nothing. Why? Why not? <laughs> why mix anything with wine? The one exception okay. I will say is a mead, a honey wine. Mead mixed with a little bit of whiskey is why pretty phenomenal. Why are you ruining a mead? That, that that's perfect on its own. It is perfect on its own. Um, I actually play around. I make some meads myself. And I have a whiskey barrel aged uh, juniper mead that I make. And that little bit of whiskey flavor in it, oh, it's, it's amazing. Well, <laughs> wine is very interesting because I'm a big fan of wine floaters in drinks. Uh, we've the New York Sour. If you have, we, I will put it into our, we'll make a sour episode. It'll definitely be on there. Quinn, if you haven't had it, it's one of the best drinks I've had in a, in, in a long time. And, uh, um, it's a New York sour and has a float of red wine on the top that case, sweet red wine. You know, I work the restaurant I work at. It had, we had a drink with a floater of red wine on the top. I think that wine can be mixed partially into drinks and it does pop. It does have a really good flavor to the drink. I I think in certain cases, yeah, that that could work just fine. I honestly have never had a drink with a wine floater in it, um, though I know some drinks do use it. I guess I'll have to try making – you said it was a Brooklyn Sour? No, it's a New York Sour. New York Sour. I'll have to try making a New York Sour for that Sour episode, which kind of makes me sad. I had a, a hibiscus sour I wanted to make for that, but – Maybe I'll force you to make it. We Yeah, force me. Perfect. We can switch because I would have made the New York Sour because it's amazing. I had a guy come in and order it, and he, he offered it to me at the table. He goes, take this drink. And I was like, "I'm literally, I'm working. He goes, no, 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 no. You drink some of this. And I was like, sir, I cannot. <laughs> Is that another uh, egg white sour or no? 
No, there's no egg white in it. Oh, but an egg white sour. Uh, It's a debate for another time, but they're so good. Egg egg white has its place in drinks. I agree. And so does a cider. And, you know, you didn't put rum in here, and I just mixed rum with cider, and it wasn't bad. I'll be honest. Rum isn't in there because I forgot to put it there. Because, (sighs) honestly, cider... I think you can mix it with pretty much anything other than absinthe. Okay. I don't, I don't want to throw it absinthe, but maybe, I mean, we haven't tried it and I wouldn't mix absinthe with anything. I a hundred percent agree with you. It has a taste on its own and it should stay on its own. But if you wanted to, we want to know. Certainly try it. Let us know. Send us a message. Um, I want to know. I want to know what absinthe is good with because and we'll drink. I'll make Quinn drink it. He's not going to want to, but I'll make him. Hey, now, I love some absinthe. I will happily drink any good cocktail someone can find with absinthe in it. There's one I had when I was in Scotland at a, a bar called Opium. Shout out to Opium. Um, it's a rock and roll punk bar in Edinburgh, right next to the castle. Beautiful area. Um, but they had this absinthe drink on, on special. And it was pretty good. I will admit, I definitely had a couple of them at that bar each time we went. <laughs> so as we reach the end here and start to wrap up our show a little bit, we move on to beer. And Quinn, I'll let you start, but I want I want to throw out something that we've seen done. But I'll, Quinn, I'll let you start. So beer, like I said, with wine, except much more strictly excluding what's known in this area as the Minnesota Martini, uh, don't mix beer with things unless it's a bartender's breakfast, uh, which Which is a a drop shot. It's Chinar into Bell's Two-Hearted. It essentially turns an IPA into a porter. It's amazing. I used to drink one uh, at the end of kitchen clothes in the restaurants just as a, you know, celebration. We're done for the night. We got through hell. Um, yeah, don't, don't mix beers. So or, many or brewers, do. right. Or do, but understand that so many brewers put so much time and effort into giving you the best beer possible that they've, they've really curated a flavor in it. And if you're going to go ahead and start mixing things on top of that flavor, just keep in mind that you want to do justice to all the work that that brewmaster put into it. Unless it's a domestic. I'm just going to be honest. Right. Uh, domestic, domestic, I mean, go ahead, make your burritas or, you know, whatever else. Burrita. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to throw it there. We got a friend, and he mixed beer and pop for a couple years. No, a oh, couple months. God. A couple months. And it this wasn't... is also the guy who took some shots of beer. Um, <laughs> nice guy. Interesting guy. Um, not that there's anything wrong with taking shots of beer. It's just an interesting way to drink beer. (laughs) We have another friend who spends an entire night taking shots of beer instead of just drinking out of his can. He took, he just, every, every time he wanted to drink, he put it in a shot glass and took it. But, you know, that was not the only thing that first friend mixed. Uh, his name is Sam and he mixed, uh, cider and beer as well. And it was a Angry Orchard or Cider and Pop. And it was Angry Orchard and a Pepsi. And I tried it first time. And Quinn, I, I might 
need you to you need you to you know try this because it I it wasn't as bad as I wanted it to be. I went in horrified that he would do this, as everyone listening probably would be as well, and it wasn't bad. I mean, I can I can buy it, but if I was going to mix it with a pop, it, it definitely would be something more like a Sprite or a Squirt that's going to go with it, other than uh, I'll try it, I guess. The caramels mixed together. Well, we can talk about this some other time, but the caramels mixed together in, in a way that I wanted them not to, and it was upsetting, And uh, but they did and, you know, you put hard seltzer on here, but it's just seltzer. So I don't know why you even added this because it, it just goes with any other seltzer. You're right. So the reason I added this was because of an epiphany I had at my best friend's wedding. We were on the party bus and I was his best man. So I was in charge of handing out the, the seltzer on our way to the reception because uh, they had hard seltzer, some whiskey and some tequila. And I decided, you know what, instead of just taking pulls of whiskey, why don't I try making a whiskey soda with this uh, lemon seltzer? Mix it in, and I, I got to admit, it's a better whiskey soda. So if you're looking at staying in for the night, as you would during the quarantine season, um, which we'll see when this ends, it's a pretty good way to do it. It's going to be a little bit stronger. Drink responsibly for all of this, you know, like we say at the top of the show. And, you know, try mixing a hard seltzer. The, the craze is pretty interesting. I was skeptical at first, but I did find a, uh, a couple that I do, in fact, like. Oh, what? I'm a huge, huge seltzer fan. That's pretty much all I drink now because, you know, what is it, 100 calories per can? Drink 14 cans. That's nothing. And I'm absolutely shwasted. So, you know, what 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 are you talking about? You you like the seltzer craze? We're definitely doing an episode on this now. Oh, we're for sure doing an episode on this. There are some seltzers I think are pretty good, uh, though there are some that I'm very skeptical of. I saw, I believe it was a Miller ad for a beer cut with seltzer. And all I have to say is, why? Are you just trying to make your beer cheaper? Gross. Yeah, no, right. No, I, I've seen that. That's like a, a spritzer. That's what it's called. Spritzer. Yeah. 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 No, um, wine spritzers though. Those, those are good. That's actually, sorry. I should have mentioned earlier on a, a wine drink that is actually pretty good would be a wine spritzer or like a mimosa. Um, so I, I'm, I apologize. I, I should have been more open to, to mixing wines though. I think their application is still pretty limited. All right. I, I think that wraps us up. We went a little longer than I anticipated on this one, but we had some technical difficulties in the middle. But I think that um, I think we hit pretty much everything for quarantini and mixing notes. Yeah, I think we, we covered the Franken cocktail pretty well. Quinn, any last words for our audience before we send out show one of Mustache, the drinking podcast? Uh, all I have to say is, you know, drink responsibly, have fun, stay safe out there, wear a mask, especially if you're going to protests. Um, and yeah, I look forward to talking to you next week. 
Thank you guys for listening to episode one of Must Stash, the drinking podcast. If you want to explain on the name, we can get to that in, in further episodes. We will get to abundance of things. We have a Discord that is absolutely full of topics that we are going to hit on this long, long road ahead of us. Andrew and Quinn have been with you for the last about hour and 10 minutes. I 20 minutes, I think this is going to come out to. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Drink responsibly for sure. Try out our cocktails we made um, for the show today. Tell us how uh, bad or good they are and how much you hate Tang. I'd love to hear about that. And uh, again, drink responsibly. Find a way home that is not you behind the wheel after you have been enjoying delicious, delicious alcohol. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.